Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your gym, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that jockey, homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris, and I am like nothing else. And joined tonight, I am by, uh, set the shit like Yoda. Um, Sozio is my guest tonight, returning to the show for another Cage of Death review. What's going on, man? Mr. J. Cat Morris, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. Hey, man, can you hear me okay? I just want to make sure because uh, I have these dog shit. Uh, smartphone headphones that I just bought and I just want to make sure that the audio is okay you know don't want to disappoint you know uh, initially you sounded like a little distant like you're off in the uh, on a speakerphone or something but uh, it cleared up as you were saying that okay good good I mean if, if at any point in time you can't hear me just let me know I'll, I'll get off of these and you know use a phone like you're supposed to use it you know alright yeah man um, so cage of death uh Happened again, sort of. Uh, it did. It not, did indeed. Yeah, not not quite like it's used to be, but uh, you know, I guess that's what makes it entertaining at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think 
I, I don't think it was all bad by no means. Like I, I think you and I are usually quick to judge and, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun shitting on stuff and, you know, there was certainly plenty to shit on, but there was a lot of good stuff as well. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to downplay that. You know, I certainly still have a lot of friends who work for the company and, you know, you sure. can tell who tried and who didn't, you know what I mean? You, you can tell who tries hard, who gives a fuck and who doesn't, you know? Right. Um, before we get rolling, do you want to see like how it sounds like, you know, the difference between you using the phone and the, the headphone thing? Cause you kind of yeah, up yeah, and down. Sure. Yeah. Hang on. All right. Uh, how about now? Can you hear me pretty well? Yeah. That's a lot clearer. Okay. Yeah. Fuck those headphones. Fuck that. Um, but yeah, man. Um, you know, a lot, lot of up and down, a lot of up and down. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, let's, let's just go right into it. Uh, I don't know if you had any experience with this, uh, the Ratatouille Kid Center or whatever they call that shit, but uh, <laughs> oh, the uh, the the building there. Yeah. Oh, Rastelli or whatever the fuck it's called, or. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like a kids. No. Kids. Yeah, center. I, I I was never uh, I was never actually there for any reason. The, the last the last show I was at was uh, I guess September because I went to go see Danny Havoc's last match. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Um, so I guess this is their second show there, last show there, all at once, or third show there, something like that. Yeah, something like that. For, it sounds like for whatever reason they've had enough problems there, and they're and they're going to find a new home elsewhere. Uh, I don't know where that is. I mean, maybe you do. I I just don't really follow that closely. Do you know where they're going to now? No. Um, one person I saw a comment like on one of my posts or something saying Asbury, but I have no facts uh, backing that. I, I don't know. Maybe that's <laughs> the truth. I don't. I have no idea. Uh, so. Yeah. I mean, well, the, the sooner they do that, the better. I mean, just because I don't know. You just don't want to float around too much. You definitely want to plant your flag somewhere. You know what I mean? So you can start rebuilding some kind of audience. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I mean they've they've been kind of dead as far as saying you know what they're doing next or where they're landing or when the next show right. is or any of those type of things. Well, well, DJ DJ said in that promo it would be February, but he didn't say where. He said they're going to be back right. in February with their anniversary show, but he didn't exactly say where. But I think he just said Philly, Jersey, you know. But that that's a pretty big area, so I don't know. Yeah, that, that narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. 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 Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the show started out, um, Matt Tremont versus Jimmy Lloyd. Um, Matt Tremont's supposed to be half owner and he's also yeah, working right. the opener. <laughs> so, uh, right, right. Uh, I mean, uh, well, let me just say this, but before we talk about any match, like what I would like to try to do for me on my side of it is I'm going to give you my opinion from a fan standpoint and my opinion mm-hmm. from knowing everything that I know. And, and, okay. and the insider perspective. So I'll tr- I'll try to do both as it pertains to everything. You know what I mean? Okay, sure. Um, well, Tremont and Jimmy, this was a thousand thumbtacks or some something along those right. lines. They called it some kind of thumbtack match. Um, yeah, thumbtack. You know, I, I'm bullshit. pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty hard on Jimmy on a regular basis, just because I mean <laughs> he's sloppy as fuck and he's. But uh, I mean, to say the least. Every everything considered, I mean, he's young. I mean, he's killing himself out there. I don't think it's a smart idea, but and I don't, I don't think he's going to be long for the business. I can't imagine he's going to do this for ten years at the same pace. Um, especially what GCW does with him, they just throw him through a wood chipper every month and you know, hope the fans. 
come back. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But, um, you know, I mean, Matt kept it a match that was at least, you know, decent. It was at least, you know, it wasn't all over the place like a lot of Jimmy's matches. Matt knows what he's doing to at least lead him through the match. He's a tough kid. Yeah. I just don't, again, I don't think he's going to be doing this shit forever because it's, it's a lot really quick. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, and, and like I said, uh, from the fan side of things, I think they definitely delivered. Um, you know, I, I can never take anything away from Matt um, yeah, and, and his efforts that he puts forth every single month, every time he's out there, especially doing hardcore. Uh, and Jimmy, you know, like you said, I, I break his balls a lot, too, for being – like, he, he looks – physically worse and worse every month and and you know oh, yeah. naturally guys like you and me break his balls about that but um mm-hmm. you know his mechanics aren't bad you know what i mean like he's got decent fundamentals you know but a, a lot of that goes out the window because he's doing all this hardcore bullshit all the time and um you know i i think he's better than that but he's out it's it's what he's wanted to do it's what he's always been a fan of so that's what he's gonna fucking do um but, you know, I think the match delivered. Uh, but, you know, on the flip side, from the other side of shit, professional standpoint, I, I don't think this should have been first. You know what I mean? Like, I understand right. the cage of death. You want to start out with something big. You want to start out with something hot. Well, you know, they used to do that in years past and, you know, still have something exciting at the end of the match. But it wasn't necessarily hardcore. Like, I, I can think of years past where I was in a match in the opener, you know, a multi-man tag match with John Dahmer, and then the finish was, you know, the move of a thousand maniacs off the second rope, which is, right. you know, just as exciting in theory as somebody getting power bombed onto soda cans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to do this thumbtack bullshit first, and then, uh, and then beyond that, uh, you know, I, I would like to just see Matt stop this stuff soon. You know, just just for his sake. You know, as his friend, as, as a professional, as somebody that, you know, just knows that he's been through enough now. It's like, come on, Matt. Like, enough. Enough, dude. Like, stop. Like, let somebody else do this. And, and, I, and I think that's what he's trying to do with kind of passing the torch to Jimmy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good possibility. I mean, Matt said he's more or less going to work a lighter schedule next year, but every time he shows up, he's still going all out. Yeah, you know, I just don't want him to, you know, God forbid, who knows, man. But we, we, we've we had too many friends die or disappear or get crippled or a- anything. And, you know, he's he's too nice of a guy for that to happen to him. You know what I mean? It would just be too sad for something shitty to happen to him. And, uh, and I'm, yeah. I'm looking at my notes here. I don't know if I told you I took two pages of notes watching Cage of Death because, you know, I don't have a, a fucking life now. I just work and I'm a family <laughs> man, but... You know, it, it is what it is. Uh, but I, I took, I've, I've seen enough of the goddamn bar stool punching bullshit now. Like I hate that two guys try to kill each other for fucking five, ten minutes, and then they're like, "All right, let's get out these chairs and calmly sit down and punch each other in the fucking face." You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen that enough. Enough of that. Again, that's from the professional side of it. And then my only other gripe with the match was at one point there was a rope break. It's like what? Like what the fuck? Like <laughs> yeah. what are we? Like why is there rope breaks involved in this fucking match? But you know, you know, beyond that, it's whatever. Yeah, yeah, not a bad opener considering, and you know. No, it was good. It, it was good. They did their job. They got everybody excited. And like I said, Matt can't. Do, Matt can do no wrong in my eyes, so he gets a pass. So then, then the bullshit starts. Matt grabs the mic. Mm-hmm. He starts talking. <laughs> um, 
Tim Storm comes out, 53-year-old man, for those who might not know who the fuck Tim Storm is. Um, <laughs> he starts uh, cutting a promo with Matt. Um, Ethan Page shows up, and Tremont just leaves the ring. Like, he just right. He just yep. leaves the ring. Like He's like, oh, right, I mean, it was a minute before that, it was his his combat zone, his place, you know, you're in my house. Ethan Page's music and, hits, and he just bows out. And Tim Storm basically just said he'll give him a shot, did he not? Like, I'm pretty sure yeah. Tim Storm was like, you deserve a shot. So, like, I would if I was Matt, I would have been like, yo, asshole. Uh, he just told me I could have a shot, so get the fuck out, you know? Like, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. So, and Ethan Page <laughs> comes in, he cuts his promo, and uh, the Feinstein kid's music hits, and Page meets him at the entranceway and hands him the mic. <laughs> like it, well, what, what he said was, uh, he did say something funny that, you know, he made like a little smart remark when uh, when MJF's music hit, Ethan Page said on the mic, he said, uh, I've seen Monday Night Raw, I, so I know how this goes, I'm not standing out here, and then like just walks over and hands the mic to MJF, mm, yeah. but basically what it boils down, like I can't fault anybody involved in this segment, what it boils down to is terrible booking like yeah. it boils down to the the fact that you for whatever reason needed to have this segment which went way too long and then you had mm-hmm. to incorporate four or five fucking people in it five five fucking people matt ethan page mjf austin idol and then fucking what's the, what's the british asshole's name oh nick aldis um, yeah five fucking people like 15 minutes worth of fucking bullshit talking like that nobody wants to see. At an indie show, nobody wants to see that Monday Night Raw talking bullshit unless it's going to be done well, which it wasn't. So then you have five fucking uh, people, 15 minutes, just to set up a match with Tim Storm against somebody that doesn't even work for CZW. Like, right. Uh, that went over like shit, but we'll get to that later when the fucking match yeah. happens. But yeah. Why, 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 why is the only thing I could say. Fucking why? I don't. Yeah, know. I, I have no idea. Um, you know, Austin Idol comes out. No one knows who the fuck he is. I still don't know who the fuck he is. To be honest, like people had to explain I to me. I'm the, not the biggest old school name. guy. Right, like I know the name Austin Idol, but I don't fucking know who he is either. You know, like <laughs> I started my career in 2002, so I don't fucking know. Yeah. Uh, no idea. Um, I'd never claim to be like an old school, you know, knowledge guy. So I'm sure a lot of people sure. did know who he was, but they didn't attend the show that day. That's for fucking sure. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the dude did like he did some decent like heel mic work in the sense that he just came out talking, spewing a bunch of shit, didn't care what the crowd had to say, talked over the crowd, which is basically what you need to do. Like, you know what I mean? Like if if you're a heel and the crowd's not giving you the time of day, you need to just talk over them. And Nick Aldis did it too. So like I give him credit as well, where like, you know, the crowd's trying to shit on him. And rather than do the old, okay, I'll be quiet until you're quiet type thing, like because they're never going to shut up. You know what I mean? Right. So you 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 eventually just have to go. Okay, I'm going to talk over them, and then they'll get that I'm not going to sell to them. You know, so, so mm-hmm. they they both did a good job of that. But overall, the whole thing was just shit. Like Tim Storm legitimately looks like my high school gym teacher. Like that's exactly <laughs> what the fuck my high school gym teacher looked like. It's hilarious. 
Yeah. I mean, this was a good 15-minute segment uh, on Cage yeah. of Death. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking insane. And it needs, Cage of Death needs to just be rapid-fire matches. Like, you know, and if you're not going to have the intermission, which they usually don't because they do that while they're setting up the cage, like, you know, you you need to just be firing out hot matches and, you know, story-driven matches, payoffs to big feuds that that have been happening over the last three, four months, you know. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. So next up was uh, Connor Claxton and uh, Alex Cologne. And um, Claxton's doing a thing where he's, he's not going to get ultra-violent. He's, he's not doing any of that. And, uh, right. you know, Alex Cologne's trying to go, you know, hardcore pulling out barbed wire and this and that. And he teases the... They they tease the, the ultra violence a little bit and Claxton wins with a roll up and then uh Danny Havoc meets him at the entranceway and hits him with a trash can lid and um throws him in the ring for, you know, one more move and that's pretty much that. Um I don't know. I Danny Havoc just went away. Um Right. right what right. Uh, September? Yeah, September yeah, he September, retired. September. And he's back well, in I don't December. Think he's back. Well, I, no, I, no. I don't think that he's back per se. I think he just did that spot just as sort of like a, you know, sort of like a a, a payoff to to September. You know what I mean? Because at at the end of Alex and, and Danny's match in September, you know, they did sort of like a, a an embrace and a sign of respect type thing and yada yada. Right. So, you know, it, it was kind of like the bitter enemy, uh, bitter enemies become best friends type thing. So that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think by any means Danny's back, unless, unless he said that, but I, I highly doubt it. No, nah, I, I wouldn't think he's back, but even just back interacting just several months later. Sure. like It was too uh, soon. Right. It was too soon. Yeah, it was too soon. But, I mean, if if you're going to do something like that, I'm glad they did it at KG Death, you know, because it's, you know, it, it's a WrestleMania moment, you know, if you want to call it that. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I thought that that was good, and, and and ultimately I thought that that match slash segment was perfect uh, from the fan standpoint. Uh, having seen what they saw already, it was quick. It was probably only like five minutes, and mm-hmm. or, you know, or less even. So and and I think it it, it was good in the fact that it served its purpose, uh, and like from the professional side of it. You, you made Connor look good by winning, number one. Um, going over somebody that's pretty established, like Alex Cologne, um, it, it pissed off the crowd because they got all, they got the board out and then they didn't use it. Right, well, not right away. Like they, they got that out and then Connor fucked him, so that got really good heat. Uh, mm-hmm. And then and then you have and then you have the payoff of Danny coming out and and that made everybody happy. And then and then Connor took the bump anyway, so that made everybody happy. And that was it. You know what I mean? So that was a good five, six, seven minute uh uplifter. You know what I mean? And it and like I said, it kept Connor looking strong even though he got what's coming to him. Um so so that was cool. Um is you know, good tease and good payoff. Uh and then yeah. also from like the professional side of it, I just think Connor needs uh new music and gear. Uh like if he's gonna be doing the Mr. Claxton thing, he can't be coming out to fucking you know uh, folk rock or whatever the fuck he comes out to and you know, right. still wearing his wrench wrench gear. You know what I mean? He just needs different sort of classy looking gear and, you know, stupid music to go with his new persona. Yeah. 
So uh, next up was uh, David Starr and Ethan Page. Um, it, I mean, it, it was good. Some good back and forth action. Yeah. Um, Starr just irritates me at this point. Like he's just really gone <laughs> off. The, the, like there, there's just really this trend now where a lot of wrestlers have completely ruined my ability to like their matches through what they they act like on social media. Um, I understand. Yeah, I understand. You know, they bury themselves before the the bell rings, and then it's like, hey, fuck <laughs> this guy. I start off the match going, fuck this guy. I don't really, I don't care if he dies in this match. <laughs> no, no, I understand, man. I, I definitely understand. And, you know, Max is, uh, you know, David Starr, he's still young. You know, he's still a young kid in my eyes, and, and for that reason – He's still discovering who he is, and he's still having a lot of the experiences that I've already gone through. You know what I mean? So, I I don't know, man. I I, I guess to some degree I give him a pass, but I know what you mean. Like, sometimes people can just irritate you personally, and therefore professionally you can't appreciate what they do. Um, and, and And David Starr is definitely somebody that I've given a hard time for a lot of reasons over the years. And, you know... Uh, I've clowned him at times for different reasons, and and probably rightfully so, and sometimes not rightfully so. But mm-hmm. but I agree with you. Like you know, the match was good. It was a good basic. It was a good basic sort of formatted match in the sense that Star shined at the beginning. Ego cut him off, and you know worked heat on him for the majority of the match, and then Star comes back at the end uh, to sort yeah. of to sort of announce himself as. That, uh, you know, first person in best of the best or whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I think it was one of the more solid singles matches on the card. You know, it, it was clean. It was good. I, you know, yeah. there's things about star, there's things about stars style that I don't like, um, because it kind of just reflects a lot of the things about modern day indies that I'm just not on board with. Uh, mm-hmm. He does a lot of he does a lot of pandering to the crowd before he hits a move or before he does a dive or you know what I mean. Rather than yeah. just kind of be in the moment of his match, he he worries about what the crowd is doing or saying, you know. Right. And I guess I guess we're supposed to do that, but don't do it too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He, I, um... It was solid. I don't like ego though. He's he's always kind of bothered me, and I think he's just kind of okay. Ego ego sucks dick. <laughs> I um yeah, I'm not taking anything away from David Starr as a wrestler. I think he's a great wrestler. He's really um you know, he's he's solid in the ring. I mean, he does a lot of really good shit with people out there. I've seen him with all sorts of different, you know, guys from, from Gage to you know, your Strickland matches and I mean he's he's done quite a bit. I'm not taking anything away from him. I just his personality fucking irks me. Um you know, even following this match he, he did exactly what irks me. He came back to the ring after yelling about whatever he was yelling about and said, just to piss everybody off, happy Hanukkah. And it's like, when the fuck did being Jewish (laughs) become a fucking heel persona? Everybody off. Did he say that? Yeah. He said, just to piss you off, happy Hanukkah. And I'm like, when the fuck did being Jewish become like a heel thing? Like all of a sudden, like, what is that? Like not everyone, Everyone doesn't hate Jewish people. I don't know why where he got this from because the, the other guy that has the Jewish gimmick, that whole thing online. Oh uh, yeah, that's you know I don't get that man. Like I I know what you mean. Like I forgot he even was upset about that because like I I didn't really follow the whole story. I just know that he was mad about somebody that wasn't Jewish doing a Jewish gimmick, and I and I guess he felt that it it uh 
perpetuated negative uh, Jewish stereotypes or whatever. But, I mean, what the fuck? I mean, isn't that, like, show business? Like, isn't that Hollywood? Like, do you not like Scarface anymore because fucking Al Pacino plays a fucking Cuban guy? Like, uh, what what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, there's there's been lots of times somebody that isn't that ethnicity portrays that ethnicity, uh, a different ethnicity than their own. And, and maybe it's positive, maybe it's negative, but it's it's just for entertainment. You know what I mean? It's fucking, but, you know, I guess whatever gets you attention. You know what I mean? I guess whatever the yeah. fuck gets the spotlight on you, God forbid. Yeah. And, and, I mean, just to rehash that a little bit, um, the biggest thing that stood out that annoyed me about that situation was he said he thought it was funny until he found out that he wasn't really Jewish. And it's like, well, hold on. <laughs> like, What? Yeah, so- right. Yeah. So if he was Jewish, it was okay. But then is it okay for the fans to play along and, like, buy merch and laugh along with it? They're, they're not Jewish? Like, where, where's the line at that point? Like, I, I... Right. That, that's, that's like, you know, we, we talk on the phone. I, I don't know, man. That's, it's, like, it's like saying the N-word, and then you find out I'm not black, and you're like, well, you can't say it. But, like, you were okay with it a minute ago because we were only talking on the phone, and now you see me that I'm white. It's like, what's the difference? What's the difference? You know, yeah. you're just basically saying skin color. You know what I mean? It's what that shouldn't matter. You know, and I, I mean, this is completely off topic, but I was just thinking to myself earlier, like it's 2017 and skin color is still a fucking thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like judging somebody because of the color of their skin is still a fucking thing in 2017. It's just, it's just absurd to me. But that's neither here nor there. No. Um, and but yeah, I, I think when I, it I, comes to you know this person could say something if, if they're, you know, part of that group, but if they're outside of that group, they can't say that's its own form of racism itself, you know, because if we can't bust each other's balls, no matter what color we are, then we're separating each other, you know? Right. Right. And that's the most fucking fun dude I've ever had in my life. Like, and I mean, again, this is kind of off, not off topic a little bit, but like the most fun I've ever had in my life is being with my ethnic friends and all of us breaking each other's balls about our ethnicity. You know what I mean? Right. Like my best friend in the, my best friend in the world is, is uh, a Pakistani kid, and like I'm pretty sure like the day of or day after 9/11, I was calling him and telling him I was going to fly a plane into his house. Like you know what <laughs> I mean? Like it's not funny at all. That's not funny at all. But you could believe we thought it was hilarious. You know what I mean? But you know, again, I digress. I digress. Yeah. But um, all right. So so then um. Speaking of not funny, DJ comes out. Speaking <laughs> of not funny. Oh, and, uh, yeah. He announces that, you know, the last time they'll be in that building is tonight. He announced that they're going to burn the building down at the end of the night, which is probably not the best thing to announce to a bunch of fans. Luckily, it's not the crowd <laughs> that used to attend in Philly because they'd probably try it. Um, right. And then uh, he announced that uh, Will Ospreay will be at WrestleMania weekend, which. You know, I mean, it, it only took him like three years to book this guy. He had to put Jimmy Havoc over in Tournament of Death and do a, a bunch of ass kissing of the Europeans just to make that happen. And I'm sure he's not the one flying him in for WrestleMania weekend. So, congrats. But yeah, um, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I have a lot to say about this whole fucking thing. Well, for, well, yeah, you have that. You, you have him announcing that they're not going to be in the building anymore. Whoop de doo. Good luck with that. Uh, the only thing I'll say about the Osprey thing is that's great. Whatever you're gonna book this fucking guy, um, 
but he announced that he's going to be a part of the Mania weekend, which is what in like New Orleans or something. Yeah. Right. So, so help me understand why you would tell an audience of people that isn't going to be in New Orleans that you're going <laughs> to have the person that they want to see. Hey, everybody, that guy that you guys want to see really bad and you've been saying it for three years, yeah, we're going to book him, but in New Orleans. Like, is that <laughs> – right? what the fuck? What the fuck? Are you retarded? Okay, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and then he does the thing with Brandon Kirk, and he says he's the first entrant and best of the best. It's like, hey, asshole, if you're the CEO, COO, whatever you want to call him of this fucking company, and you just booked this show, do you not – like – did David Starr shoot that on you that he said he was going to be the best of the best or did you book it and tell him to say that he was going to be in best of the best? Because if that's the case, Brandon Kirk's the second entrant in best of the best, you dumb fuck. You know what right. I mean? That shit just drives me crazy. So yeah. they never officially so maybe, announced maybe Starr did that on his own. Maybe he didn't. Yeah. So I, I can imagine he was told at some point, like you'll be in it. Like they, they had to have. He didn't just like book himself on the show, so. Sure, and, and let me tell you something right now. Uh, I bet probably most of my life savings, which is nothing, by the way, uh, that David Starr is going to fucking win Best of the Best. I, I would bet yeah. my life that David Starr is winning Best of the Best. I mean, it's it's his turn. It makes sense. I'm sure he's politics enough now for it. And, and quite <laughs> frankly, you know, he he's earned it. I think he could. I think he sure. could carry it, and it would be believable. That he is the best of the best. Yeah, but you know, and and you mentioned about best of the best, and um, DJ says, you know, and and we listen to fans, and we're bringing it back here to. You know, first off, you didn't listen to fans because you you took it and you gave it to Florida last year, and and drew nothing, <laughs> like absolutely nothing. <laughs> Right. And everyone went, "Hey, asshole! Like, how's that feel?" You know, and then all of a sudden it was like, "All right, well, maybe maybe we won't do that again." So I, right. I don't know that he's just so much listening to fans because he took an absolute beating on it last year. He got a shitload right. of talent because they were all in the area, and that's great. But it could have been called any other show, and it it would have been the same to the fans out there. But um, he right. says this will be the best lineup ever of a best of the best, which is silly when you announce Brandon Kirk as your first entrant. Right. It's like, I mean, I don't really know Brandon that well. Uh, you know, um, he, he's, he's, he's one of the guys that sort of tried coaxing me out of retirement because he, I don't know, he tweeted one day something about like, you know, whenever I decide to come out of retirement, he wants to wrestle me, yada, yada. Um, right. he seems like an all right dude. Um, yeah. you know, I, I think he looks like shit, unfortunately. Uh, you know, he's a, he's another guy that does you know can't seem to find the fucking weight room. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he's got a decent look. He's got a decent look. He's a pretty good shitty heel. And and I think the thing that sadly, like, and, and hold on to your hats here, kids. The thing that bothers me the most about Brandon Kirk is he reminds me of me when, in my early career. <laughs> mm. He reminds me mm-hmm. of myself. And, and I see him making a lot of the same mistakes uh, professionally and personally. So that, you know, that being said, uh, I got a little chip on my shoulder with him because, you know, sometimes, sometimes you, you kind of have a little bit of chip on your shoulder about yourself. You know what I mean? And, and the fact yeah. that I see me in him, I'm like, come on, dude, be better than me. You know what I mean? <laughs> be better than I yeah. was. So I don't know. I just want him to fucking work out more and that's about it. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, if you announce Brandon Kirk as, as your first entrant, you you know that says a lot about your greatest lineup of all time. Right. And you know what I'll say about Brandon Kirk is because I initially wasn't big on this dude. And when they brought him into CZW, I forget what match he was in. He was in something, but the dude had a lot of intensity. He came out there and he really, he fucking killed it. Like he, he went above and beyond. He really tried to make his spot in that match and he he worked really well. And I thought, you know what, this dude's actually going to be great for CZW because he's, he's an intense kid. He, He really goes out there and he tries to, you know, get you know get the fans behind him and he he does some shit that that stands out so i was like you know what this this guy's good to be on the card and dj did an interview with uh i think he was the shaheen interview he was talking about brandon kirk helping him like set shit up in the building and tear shit down at the end of the night so you could tell he's just a good guy to have around um yeah absolutely but he's not he's not the draw that you kick off your best of the best lineup with i mean you could put him in as you know the eighth entry rather than the first like no one's gonna go holy shit i gotta get my tickets now like why would you announce that to begin Uh, you announce one name that someone's gonna go holy shit i can't miss that not you know this this guy yeah and quite frankly i'm i'm not really sure what he's done to earn that spot yet. You know what I mean? I know he did the the match with Jimmy that got over pretty well. But that's I think not he lost that match best. though. Well sure, sure. I'm just saying like it, it got him over. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It, not that he won not that he won the match. I just mean um I I don't think that qualifies you for, you know, what was what used to be a junior heavyweight tournament. You know what I mean? I, I don't think that right. qualifies you for best of the best. I think that qualifies you to be a mainstay on the roster. I think that qualifies you for a a story or an angle that will keep you around for six months. I don't think it qualifies you for best of the best. That's all. Right. And I'm just saying, you know, storyline-wise, does a losing effort in a match qualify? You used to have to win the fucking trifecta tournament, (laughs) you know, if you were just like an (laughs) in-fed guy. You know, it wasn't wasn't just like lose a match. All right, yeah, you're the first guy in. Like holy shit. Like Yeah, and I mean, and when you do shit like this, you know, I mean, one of the biggest things you can shit on about the whole show is the booking. Like I I I can't even really shit on the wrestlers as much because I I think for the most part everybody did pretty well, but like it's it it boils down to shitty booking, man. And mm-hmm. like and when you do shit like this, it's it's just hard to justify saying it was good you know what i mean it's hard to justify anything yeah that's been my biggest problem with czw and it's funny because you know a lot of people say like yeah he didn't didn't even watch the show and he's shitting on it but like you know if you saw you know eight movies in a row from the same you know genre you, you know just say you watched seven star wars movies the eighth one comes out someone tells you everything that happens you know the characters you know what's been going on you could probably criticize what they chose to do with the story, you know what I mean? And that's more or less exactly. what I look at. Right. Right. So. And, and and that's, and that's exactly what I'm trying to say is like, uh, without having seen it at all, looking at this on paper, you're like, like if we didn't watch this at all, and you read to me that the first match was Tremont versus Lloyd in a, in a 10,000 thumbtack match, I'd be like, what? What? That's yeah. first. 
like without having seen it. I'd be like, why would you put that? But you know, again, I, you know, if it worked, it worked. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, uh, the tag titles are on the line and it's the, uh, the rep OI for K or, Oh, I forget what the, the other name they're calling. OBE. OBE. Ohio versus yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Scarlett and Graves are the, the champions. And then uh, Dan Barry and Alex Reynolds, which initially was supposed to be Alex Reynolds and the other guy. I don't even know that guy's name. Um, yeah. It, it, who's the other guy? Somebody else with Joe, I guess? Yeah, another guy with Joe. He's, I think, like a Dojo Wars guy. And I think it was like his gimmick for the people not to know his name or something. Because the, the commentators on, I think it was the October show, we're like, yeah, there's that guy again. We don't know him. And then oh, okay. they put I, him I'm in. I'm not this... even familiar with that. Yeah, they put him in this tag match like he was on the flyer and everything as far as tagging with Alex Reynolds. And then right. the match starts, and the commentators even go like, oh, where's that guy today? They said his name. And they're like, right. oh, I don't know. He might, be, he might be suspended from that uh, that incident in October. And I'm like, he might be like you guys don't even have like a definite on where the fuck this guy is. <laughs> he's like, I, I don't yeah, know, yeah. maybe he's suspended or something. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, I missed, I missed all that. I, I think I either didn't see that show or wasn't paying attention. Like, I'm, I'm not even, I don't even know what you're talking about. But I, I, I understand now, obviously, that you explained it. Um, yeah. I think it's better that Barry's in there anyway, just because. Sure. If you're gonna book Dan, if you're gonna book Dan Barry, you might as well have him in the ring. I mean, he, he, he gets the job done. I mean, the guy doesn't really have bad matches. He's always good, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this match was all right. Um, I, I, Dave Christ has the most fluctuating weight that I have seen out of <laughs> it, It's fucking crazy. It's fun, like, it's, it's funny you say that because, like, you know, we'll, we'll watch CCW kind of intermittently in my house and, like, uh, my girlfriend will make the same comments, like not negatively, not negatively, not in a negative way, but like she'll mm-hmm. notice when he when he fluctuates. <laughs> it's just funny. It's just funny. Like she'll notice when he goes up and down, and I notice it too, just from years of looking at men's bodies. Uh, no homo, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's just funny. You should say it the way you said. <laughs> the way you said it just got me. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, man. Like, uh, you know, he'll have his homoerotic videos where he's doing like a Facebook live and he's training with his friends in his basement and and he'd be like, Oh, look at Dave, man. He's, he's getting a little cut up and shit. And then like the guy gets a TV deal. I don't see him for a month or two and he comes back. I'm like, what what the fuck is he eating? Jesus Christ. Uh, He got stung by a couple bees. got stung by some bees or something. (laughs) Uh, no, I know what you mean, like, but you know what? Uh, I'm I'm having now that I'm a father, I'm I'm having the same problems myself. Like I I fluctuate, you know, fifteen twenty pounds. Like I'll go down and then I'll gain it back and then I'll go down. Like I I've I've gained and lost twenty pounds two or three times since I retired. <laughs> Believe it or not, two or three times since retiring, I've gained and lost fifteen to twenty pounds. And it's 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 crazy. It's crazy how easy it happens. Like how quickly, all of a sudden, you're like, "What the fuck?" Like all these jeans don't fit anymore, or they're uncomfortable. You're like, "What the fuck?" 
and then you lose it, and then you're good for a while, and then it's back, and it just it's just suddenly all, you know, what the fuck? But it happens. I understand. Yeah, I guess so. So, um, now what's your thoughts on this match with the uh, the bulky um, Dave Christ? Uh, no, he's he's solid gold. He's my man. He, um, but uh, from the fan standpoint, I thought it delivered. I thought it was uh, you know, it was a lot of action. It was a lot of just stuff, stuff. Like I, I didn't like. I, I hate those bedlam type matches where there's no tags and it's just chaos and it's mm-hmm. it's just too much to follow. There's just guys everywhere and uh, a lot of a lot of the times because you have the match in that format, it fucks up the timing of when it fucks up the timing of when you should be executing moves, you know, like it's hard for the crowd to focus on, on, on any one particular thing. So, you know, you have eight people out there that are trying to be on the same page and it's just really hard. You know what I mean? It's just, it's really hard to have, uh, to tell a story. You know what I mean? I just feel like the, the match because of the format lacked a story, you know, Mm -hmm. but, Again, that that's me wanting something that you know maybe everybody else doesn't care about. Like maybe the fans don't care about that, and I do, so I understand. But um, you know, I, I think it delivered. I think everybody did their part. Um, however, I, I think it should have just been the rep against Scarlet and Graves. Uh, and if you want to have uh, Ohio, um, you know, OVE versus uh, Dan Barry and Reynolds separately just to get them all booked or whatever, have that match separate, you know, just, mm-hmm. just for the shit of it. You know what I mean? Like Reynolds, Barry, Dave, and Jake would fucking have an amazing match by themselves. Mm-hmm. It would be fucking sure. amazing. Like if they wanted to steal the show, Jesus Christ, all four of those guys could steal the show if they wanted to. And, right. and, I, and I think, and I think rep, like if you want to get rep over, you got to give them more time. You know what I mean? I, I think you have to give them a little bit more time, and I think that would have been more uh, better served with rep versus Wentz and Xavier, and then they beat them. Whether it's cheap, like you know, get Maven involved, whatever, it doesn't matter because they're healed. Be healed. Mm-hmm. Um, so so do whatever, get the belt, and, and get over. You know, so I I, I thought it was good, but it would have been better as two, two tag matches, I think. Yeah. I mean, the booking doesn't make sense at all. You know, um, Reynolds and, and Dan Barry never really tagged together in CZW before they suddenly joined Joe Gacy. And then it's like, they just randomly have a title <laughs> shot. I don't yeah, even think I, they worked I on match. Glanced over that. I, I totally glanced over the fact that, I mean, again, I'm not following everything every, every month closely, but I, I really don't even understand particularly why Reynolds and Barry are with Joe. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that they're too established at, in their own right to be Joe's henchmen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think Joe Joe has enough people and enough guys that he could be using as fodder instead of Alex Reynolds and Dan Barry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's I just strange. And... Good. Yeah, my, my biggest thing always was – um. You know, the the whole uh, – if you book something, my biggest thing is just tell me why. Just book whatever you want. Like, I'm not the type of guy that says, look, I want the Young Bucks there every month or this sucks. Like, uh, that's not what I'm asking for. I'm just saying, like, whatever you put together, give it a rhyme or reason. Like, just do something that leads to what you've decided to do. If you put Alex Reynolds and, 
you know, um, Dan Barry in a title, a tag title match after eight months of no tag titles in the company because they gave it to the European kids who were on the shelf or whatever. Just just have Gacy come out the month before and say, I demand my guys get a title shot or I'm burning this motherfucker down. Something. Like something. Right, right. It's like, why, why are all these people suddenly in contention for gold? Like, I didn't yeah. understand that either, and I'm glad you brought that up. Because like, that was also, you know, that crossed my mind as well. Uh, I hate triple threat, four-way, five-way, six-way, and any any multi-team, multi-man match that has a title on the line, there better be a good fucking reason that all these people are in this match. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there better be a good fucking reason that all these people are somehow number one contender. You know what I mean? Like, right. there, there has to have been some shenanigans, some part of the story, some contract some loophole, some fucking thing that that all these people are in the, in the title contention. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, and the other thing that's crazy too is I didn't, I barely even realized, but you know, as I think like, what the fuck with you know Schlack, what they did with him and it just kind of buried him. Uh, that was a dark match. Like I didn't even get to see that. <laughs> I didn't even was realize. That, was, that the, uh, was that the was that the ultimate opportunity match or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I, I heard DJ mention it, or somebody mentioned it on the show, and I was like, I didn't even see it. Because, like, I downloaded the fucking show um, so that I could watch it elsewhere in my mm-hmm. house instead of just from my computer. But uh, right. I, I didn't even see the match. Who who the fuck was in that? Who was in that? Um, I can't even remember offhand, but um, uh, I forget what who, the guy's who name is. Did Slack win or no? I it's strange because again, I wanted to see it to see how the fuck they did this, but it was supposed to be like an eight man or something, ultimate opportunity. And then they said, uh, that the storm of entrails won Schlack and Dan O'Hare won the match. And I'm like, how the fuck did a tag team won a singles match? Uh, fuck. So, so apparently that that's what happened is the storm of entrails won the ultimate opportunity coin in a singles match. That's pretty strange. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, the ultimate so I, opportunity I, I imagine, coin. I imagine that'll be for, like, a, you know, probably a tag thing later, maybe, I guess. Like, a tag. Like, they'll they'll probably try to, you know, money in the bank, the tag titles. You know what I mean? Maybe. Or they fight over it and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just not sure where they went with that. Nobody else was a tag team in the match. These two guys win it. And it's supposed to actually hold some kind of weight because, I mean, they could cash it in for anything. I mean, well, this yeah. is what we're... I mean, isn't, isn't that... Yeah, I was, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say exactly right. what you were going to say. Yeah, Ricky Shane Page won this last year or whatever and, you know, said, hey, I'm getting a title shot at Cage of Death eight months from now, which is right. <laughs> doesn't show he wants the title at all. That that was a whole other thing last year. It was like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want that yeah, title so bad. I'll see that shit in eight months. Like, okay. <laughs> All right, buddy. I mean, you can have it tomorrow if you want, but no. All right. Uh, uh, I want it so, so uh, bad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait eight months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if this is supposed to mean something, how is it a dark match? It's not even on the fucking release. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it it could have just been a time thing, time constraint. You know, there, there's things that, you know, like I said before, like I just don't know. I wasn't there, so I, sometimes I'm willing to give people the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. 
with that, I just, you know, I'll, I'll chalk it up as a, I don't know. But, but like <laughs> you said, if if you give a shit at all, you should probably, you know, include it or, or explain better what the fuck you're doing. Right. Um, so speaking of, you know, time constraints, uh, next up oh was, uh, Nick Aldis and, uh, Tim Storm. Dude, let me tell you, this, I, this was arguably one of the worst matches in, in combat zone wrestling history and one of the worst wrestling matches I've ever watched. Like, and that's saying something because I've seen some fucking stinkers. I've watched $5 wrestling. I've watched fucking Dojo Wars. Okay? Like, this was a fucking stinker, dude. This was terrible. Like, I don't know if Tim Storm was actually legitimately hurt, but, like, Nick Aldis drops him on his head first, the first bump he takes, which is fantastic. Like, he tries to give him, like, a little bullshit back suplex or some kind of throw, and he drops him right on his fucking head. Uh, (laughs) It was bad. It was fucking terrible. And, you know, you can't blame Nick Aldis, but Tim Storm sucks dick. Like, I don't know what the fuck that was, man. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I have no idea what the purpose of this was. Again, I guess just the NWA ass kissing or whatever. But, you know, coming in, Tim Storm had nothing but people laughing at him at, at the fact that he's 53 <laughs> years old. No one knows who he is. Who the fuck cares about the NWA title? He comes in and, and the most they can do is just find a guy that the, the fans could care less about. And, and now he's the heel. It's like what the fuck? I have no yeah, idea. There's no I, real face in this match. It's just like the fans are just eye raped into watching this. Yeah, it's like was it was everybody supposed to feel bad because Tim Storm had his his ribs taped up and was getting, you know, and for some reason at 53 years old, 52, 53, whatever he is, for some reason I'm sure that means he's been wrestling for 30 fucking years or whatever. Okay, so, like, is everybody supposed to feel bad for Tim Storm that he's that old, he's the NWA world champion, and for some reason he's dumb enough to have his back turned when the bell rings in the fucking corner? Like, what are you, an idiot? Okay, <laughs> so then he gets jumped He gets jumped right off the fucking bat, and it's an uphill battle for, for there, uh, from there for Tim Storm with his fucking beat-up ribs, whatever, yada, yada. And he proceeds to take about three or four terrible bumps right in a row. I don't know if he was lead-assing or whatever the fuck he was doing. Maybe he was just bailing or, you know, he was afraid to take the bumps and shit. I don't know what it was, but it was dog shit. And then, I don't know what Nick Aldis beats him in, what, seven or eight minutes? Like, at the mm-hmm. most? What the... Yeah. Like, is that... I don't know, man. Like, I just don't know what to make of that. Like, what, if you're going to even have that bullshit on the show, why wouldn't you at least make it good? Like, why would you make it a squash? You know? Uh, wh- yeah. Why was it a squash? <laughs> like, if you're going to do it, fucking have a good match. Like, have Nick Aldis and this Tim Storm guy do it up and have your have your heavyweight championship match. But, no, they wanted to have an eight-minute, seven-minute squash. Okay, whatever. Yeah. But and I, and I don't say, know. I will say Nick Aldis, is, uh, his promo at the end was good. Like, Nick Aldis, like, I've heard he's an asshole. Maybe he is. I don't know him. But um, his work on the mic is good. He he said all good stuff. He got good cheap heel heat, and I, I thought it was solid. 
I don't know what what the uh, the plan is. Is if it's just like, oh, it looks really good for CZW to have an NWA title change on the show, so we're just gonna do this because it'll be historic. Or I, I don't know what the actual thought process was. I know even when AJ Styles had the NWA title and came in, no one gave a fuck that he had the NWA title. They just cared no, that AJ Styles was there. So. Right. This is not AJ Styles, and still no one gives a fuck. Yeah, I, you said it, man. I, I, again, it, we know, we know what this is, dude. We, like, we're not stupid. This is just more of fucking DJ's bad politics. This is just him doing a favor for somebody so that either he can get booked, he can get CCW guys booked, he can run a uh, a show alongside NWA. Uh, you know, I don't know what the fuck the relationship is, but it's just more stupid shit that's not going to, you know, it's not going to pay off in the end because it never does. It never fucking does. No. Yeah, it's it just seems completely pointless. And again, you know, Magnus or Nick Aldis or whatever, you know, coming out there and saying, yeah, like, You'll never see me again. The fans aren't like, oh, what the fuck? They're like, dude, we didn't want to see you tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. I'm fucking taking anything away from him. That's exactly what I said. Like, I I thought he did good work. Like, when he first came out there to confront uh, Tim Storm when when they did the promo, he was like, the feeling's mutual. He's like, and this is the last time you'll ever see me after tonight. I'm going to take the belt with me, and that'll be it. Like, I, I thought he did a great job of just, you know, being the heel. Uh, that they needed yeah. him to be, um, you know. So, so he, I think he he was the best part of all that, and that's saying something, you know. What I mean, yeah. like if he was the best part, that that's saying something really about the whole segment, really. Yeah. Um, so then, then following this, um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show started. Um, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> we had like a fucking emo homo showdown. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fucking. Oh shit. Um, Kylo Ren comes out of two seventy five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got one guy that comes out looking like Kylo Ren, and the other guy fucking comes out in a full fucking dress with uh gray body makeup on, so he looks like a zombie. It's it just. <laughs> I can't fucking like fake blood coming out of his mouth. Like I, I, I couldn't even stomach this match. It was fucking brutal. Uh, you know, it's, it's weird. Like there was things I liked about that. And there's, you know, hearing you say what you just said, it's like, yeah, it was pretty fucking stupid, but, uh, <laughs> but no, like there was shit that I liked about Jimmy and like his entrance. And, and like, I, I, I liked that he went big with the makeup like the makeup looked really good I thought I thought it was legit I'm, I, I think it's cool that he committed to the dress you know if he's gonna call himself the zombie princess I'm like okay he's a zombie princess okay all right I get it but however you know it, it was an attempt at sort of like a, a WWE uh, mania NXT takeover type special entrance but low budget, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know how sometimes like Nakamura will come out with an actual violin player, or yeah. or Triple H will come out with 
all the fucking Terminator guys or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was an effort to do something like that for CZW's special event, you know, CZW's WrestleMania. Like, it was an effort to do something like that, but without the budget. So, like, I applaud that. Like, I thought that that was cool with all the zombies and him and and they did the big entrance because, you know, it was better than the match. You know what I mean? So yeah. so it was cool that they did something special. Like, if you're going to book these fucking guys, like, I'm glad that they took advantage of their moment. You know what I mean? Like, Jimmy Havoc, yeah. his entrance sucked. His, his performance sucked. Like, there's no reason to fucking get behind this guy at all. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know him. I don't have nothing against him personally. I just think he looks like shit. His work is subpar. And I think a lot of people make a big deal about him for no fucking reason. Um, so I think they did the best they could. Uh, it was all right. It was just all right. Yeah. I think the the one that makes the most big deal about him for no reason is DJ Hyde. I mean, I, the fans don't want to see this guy. Like, there was a good amount of fans that left before the finals of Tournament of Death because he was in it. Like, just drove off the property. And um, Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and like he... They called it the worst tournament of death ever. Everyone hated the fact that he went over, and they flew him in again for Cage of Death just because DJ wanted to. No no one was asking for this guy. I mean, it was a fly-in that no one wanted. I mean, just just think about that shit. Like a, an international fly-in that no one wanted. Well, you know, again, it boils down to the fact that it just means that DJ probably now has an inn somewhere over in England, you know, for – for using Jimmy, he now has a booking over in England. You know, that's that's really all it is. You know, there's there's nothing else to be said about that. Um, but you know, if you want to change the course of your company's success and the and the and the lineage of Tournament of Death and the you know that that type of shit, if you want to tarnish that because of your fucking petty bad politics, then knock yourself the fuck out, idiot. But uh, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Uh, and you know, I, I know Jake is from way back. Like, I'm not you know, gonna front like we're buddies or friends or nothing like that. We're not. But you know, he, he's an all right dude. I, I've heard good and bad about him. He's okay. But uh, I think the match was just okay. Uh, obviously, our favorite thing, Jay Cat, there was kissing in the match. The the finishing sequence let the the finishing sequence started off with a big old kiss right on the fucking mouth. And then Jimmy Jacobs proceeded to blow all his own his own fucking moves. Uh, I don't know if yeah. anybody noticed that, but like he hit everything like shit. He did like that diving ace crusher onto the chairs, and he took the chairs. Not not fucking Jimmy Havoc, um, you know. But whatever. Hey, you know he's a professional. He's been doing this forever, right? <clears throat> now he's unprofessional. That's his new gimmick. Right, right. The unprofessional professional wrestler. Yeah, God bless him. Yeah, so, but at least he was his, he was painted gray, so that worked out. Right, right. So I'm glad. I'm sure that cost more than you know uh, most of the wrestlers <laughs> got paid. <laughs> so uh, next up was uh, Greg Excellent versus Ace Romero. Um, oh, and Chrissy Rivera with Greg Excellent. It was a handicap match for I don't think any reason. Um, you know, Ace Romero, you hear the entrance music. He's got, you know, the 80s banger hits. You think something cool is going to happen. 
Uh, <laughs> out he walks, looking like he was binge drinking mayonnaise since that song came out. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I mean, it, the guy could work. I mean, he he does some pretty impressive shit for a guy his size. I, I just I think when you're morbidly obese like that, you should be dressed like Mabel in Men on a Mission. Otherwise, it's just gonna take away from what I'm fucking trying to look at. Sure. No, I understand what you mean. Uh, I thought this was fucking good. Crazy. The the, the bi- <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's been binge drinking mayonnaise. Um, I think the, the the biggest problem with this match was its its placement on the card. Uh, I think I talked to Greg about it, and I said, uh, "You guys were just on way too late." And he said, "Yeah, we should have been like number three at best." You know what I mean? Um, just just because of the nature of the match, it wasn't hardcore. Um, you know, it it, it had its high spots and things like that and it, and it had a lot of action excitement and entertainment and all that but uh it just was on the wrong spot on the card it should have been a lot earlier so i don't i don't think it was received as well as it could have been mm-hmm. but no, i agree with you're saying about ace uh i think he's you know incredibly impressive uh you know phys- physically for how fucking fat he is um yeah. but yeah he maybe maybe try some different gear maybe maybe you know, I don't know if he needs to go full viscera, trash bag, pleather, yeah, bodysuit, but maybe just something, yeah. maybe a singlet, maybe a singlet or something like that. But, uh, you know, I thought Greg and Chrissy did their thing. Uh, you know, definitely some good heel work out of them, double team spots. Uh, I was glad to see Chrissy did her slide through the table gimmick that she did years ago uh, in a table match with a uh, blackout. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't yeah, think that I came mean, off Greg, nearly as well as it did years ago. That was you know. no, she she didn't hit it. She, it wasn't quite as smooth, and I don't think she actually hit the DDT this time. I think when she did it years ago, she actually hit a DDT on Joe Gacy, but uh, yeah. Ace Ace blocked whatever the fuck she was trying to do, and I think she he put her through a table. Um, no, so you know, props to her for taking another table bump. Like Chrissy's fucking my age, you know, kayfabe, but. Uh, and she's still doing this crazy shit. So God bless her for taking table bumps at my age. Uh, you know, hopefully she stops doing that. And, uh, you know, Greg, Greg can't miss, man. He he gives it 110% every fucking time. And, I, you know, like I said, I was happy to see him go 10-0 at Cage of Death. He's, a, he's the fucking combat zone wrestling undertaker. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's his, uh, his gimmick, CZW's undertaker. He really, it really is like he he's uh he is to cage of death what Taker was to Mania legit. Yeah, who who's the guy that breaks this streak? Fuck yeah! Like who's gonna be the Lesnar man? Who's gonna be the? I think I <laughs> well I mean DJ you know, Hyde. has his mom involved. No, like it should be his mom. Like his mom should beat him at cage. Like Mama X. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Open challenge. She should give him like three F fives and then pin him. <laughs> I, think, I was I think thinking just like done. a small package, but you're talking like full F fives and shit. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. She's got to do the full full Lesnar, man. Full Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, you got the semi main event here. You got um, Joey versus the Feinstein kid. Um. Uh, Freed, they got, it's actually Friedman now. Yeah, I thought he was Feinstein, Feinstein too, but he's Maxwell Jacob Friedman. But yeah, now he's Feinstein. Yeah, he changed it. Got 
goddamn Jew. <laughs> he changed it because I guess there was, you know, that stigma of his fucking pedophile uncle or whatever the fuck his uh, relation <laughs> is to him. Right, right, right. That's weird that people would look down on that, but uh, apparently. Um, so, yeah, um, th- this was good. I mean, you know, they did a bunch of crazy spots and everything. Um, nutty fucking package pile driver off the apron through chairs. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. Um, the the balcony bump was fucking weird. I don't know if that was an actual move. They just kind of like jumped off the thing together through the tables, like yeah, they, you know, clutching yeah. each other, like <laughs> it was like a like a truss fall together or some shit. I, I don't know what the fuck that was supposed to be, but uh, right, like they should have did something. Yeah, I I don't know what it was supposed to be. I mean, I'm not jumping off a fucking balcony, so I'm not. You know, trying to be too critical, but uh, it just it didn't seem to be anything. They just seemed to like hold on to each other and jump off into tables. So I don't even right. know who was the right. offense on that move at all. Right. Uh, and 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 I don't know if you noticed, but I mean, I'm sure I'm sure taking the bump sucked for everybody involved. But like, did sure. you notice like MJF like put his feet down, like and he landed feet first? Like, did you <laughs> yeah. notice that? Like, you know. I'm not, it is what it is. Nobody should be doing that at all in the first place because it's fucking incredibly dangerous. And you know? I mean, but it sure. is what it is. It's pro wrestling and a fucking new standard has been set. But, uh, you know, if you're going to do it, commit to it, man. Like every, like they should have fell and landed on their side, landed on their back, whatever. They're, you know, take, take some kind of bump. You know what I mean? Like he, he put his feet down first and, and Joey didn't bail. You know what I mean? You know, no. uh, again, again however, both of them are stupid for fucking doing it, but I've done my share of stupid stuff, so I can't really point a finger. You know what I mean? But, um, w- falling off of high shit has never been one of the things I've done. Not, not usually. Um, but you know, I, I, Looking at this from both sides of the coin, like I said, I think fan standpoint, again, it delivered. The crowd was into it. Uh, you know, they did a lot of shit on the outside, which you know, I overall on the sh- the show as a whole, like I saw too much shit happened on the outside. There was way too much stuff in the crowd. There was way too much stuff on the guardrails and the corners and yada yada. I thought this mm-hmm. match, you know, did that as well. Just too much shit on the outside. Um, I feel like overall, it's just like sometimes I, I feel like everybody's afraid to work. You know what I mean? Like get in the ring and work. Get keep mm-hmm. it in between the fucking ropes and work. Like you can still bring hardcore shit into the ring and work. You know what I mean? Like yeah. tease some stuff. Like tease it, tease it, tease it, and then give it to the fans at the right moment, and it'll get over that much more. Like I and I just don't understand how that's falling short with so many people. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I, I don't know if that necessarily applies to this match or not. But I, again, I, I think from the fan standpoint, they did a good job. They they gave the fans everything they wanted. Lots of hardcore, stupid shit. Lots of dumb bumps. Like even when Joey did the stomp to MJF on the floor on the outside, it's like God damn. It's like, was he taking care of him or not? Because he lands feet first and then ass first right on his, his <laughs> sternum. It's like, what yeah. the? Like, I, I, I mean, maybe MJF's just that fucking tough or stronger than me, but that would have destroyed me. And if I was <laughs> able to, I would have got up and killed Joey for that. But, again, I digress. Yeah. I digress. Um, 
I'm trying to think of what other crazy shit. Oh, oh you mentioned that package pile driver. That yeah. didn't go so fucking well. That sure as yeah. hell didn't look like it went very well. The chairs just kind of parted like the Red Sea, and they went to the floor. So, yeah. again, I'm assuming everybody was okay. Joey got up and finished the match. I, I guess everybody was all right, but put that on the fucking list of things I'm never going to take. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, but, no, uh, back to what you were saying about the bump, though. Yeah, they didn't really do anything. Like, what would have been better – had they gotten on the outside of that rail right where they fell, it should have been like Joey grabs Max's head, beats it against the guardrail. He acts all woozy, whatever, whatever. He grabs Joey's head, beats it against the guardrail. He acts all woozy, whatever, whatever. And they do that two, three, four times. And then they grab each other's head and then beat it against the guardrail. And then they fall to through the fucking three tables. I mean, yeah. is that really that fucking hard? Is that really that hard just to add those four little bullshit strikes that the crowd couldn't see? You guys could have been totally faking that. You know what I mean? The crowd can't see that. Just give them something. Don't just grab yeah. each other and go, okay, here we go. Here's the payoff, everybody. Like, come the fuck on, man. But, again, that's the professional side of it. And and I'm sure to all of them I just sound like the old bitter asshole or whatever. But I'm right. You're wrong. So fucking deal with it. <laughs> Even like a mutual headbutt thing where they both just knocked each other out and fucking fell backwards. Exactly. You know, that type of deal. Exactly. Uh, so then, so then after this match, you know, they have, um, uh, Penelope gets hit with a, the forearm because, uh, the Feinstein kid throws her in the way or whatever. Uh, after yeah. the match, Joey says, it, it was all part of the plan, but but he lost right. the fucking belt. Like, what what right. kind of fucking plan is that? You lost the goddamn belt. Like, but he got I, the I girl, know, just, so I guess that's the worst plan know, I ever. Guess, I guess pussy trumps titles in CZW. I guess. Well, I, yeah, I'd, I'd say that trumps pretty much anything that happens in CZW. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in storyline. <laughs> no, I, I I didn't really get that either. I didn't I, I didn't even really put that part of it together until you said it. Like the fact that he lost the title and got the girl back, like and that was all part of the plan. Uh so the big payoff here was that you were gonna shit can MJF and then have Penelope do a dive. That was the plan. Like so now <laughs> you don't have the wire you don't have the wired title but Janelope's back together, but you know, I guess the payoff was a dive, I guess. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, two months after she turned on him, so like, and I, I really, dude. And again, I think it would have been it would have been a thousand times better if she just gave MJF like a Canadian destroyer in the ring. Like why? Like Janela had to shit can fucking MJF, pull the guardrail out, and then and then and then Penelope did the dive and then got back in the ring and celebrated. Where it just would have been better had she given him a move. And then they kissed, and that's it. But again, what the fuck do I know, man? I only did this shit for 13 years. What do I know? I don't fucking know anything. (laughs) Yeah, man. Um, So then then we get all the way. We're we're at the the cage of death itself. Um, First thing I notice in this, which is a fucking shame, is, and this comes down to the booking, not, not the people in the match, is no reaction on the entrances. These three guys come out. No one's chanting anyone's fucking name. 
Joey got pops for they were chanting his name. Tremont got pops. Jimmy fucking Lloyd got pops for they were chanting his fucking name. These three guys come out for the biggest match of the night, the fucking main event, the cage of death, and no one gives a fuck about any one of these three guys. Wow, yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't really... I mean, perhaps I just wasn't watching closely or, or, or whatever. Um, I didn't notice that. Um, but now that you mention it, that's that's really a shame. You know, I, it's just, like I said, I didn't notice it, but that's really fucked up if that's the case. But but like you said, that, that's 100% a booking thing. Um, I thought that too. Like when, when I saw that this was the match that was going to be contested inside the cage, I, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, like, you know, this is kind of quick for these guys, like, where's the story here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, wh- why do Shane, Joe, and, and and RSP, like, why are these guys in a blood feud together? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I don't think I don't think anybody's done anything to each other to really merit that. You know what I mean? So I was confused by that, but I didn't have any doubt. Like, w- once it was booked, like, I didn't have any doubt that they would pull it off. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't have any doubt that, uh, like Shane, RSP or Joe would show up lame. You know what I mean? I was right. like, okay. I, I, I have faith in all these guys. Like I've worked with each of them enough or not. I haven't worked with each of them, but, uh, I, I've worked alongside them enough now to know that, uh, they can get it done. You know what I mean? But yeah. again, there's no story behind it. Yeah. I knew the match would perform, but I really think CCW failed on, on building these three guys. These guys had to come into this event, into this match as superstars. Like, they needed to be built where, all right, RSP, for instance. The dude was super, super fucking over for a while. Him and Danny Havoc were having crazy, crazy matches. Every one of them was just blowing the roof off. Um, he he right. went into Tournament of Death, won in the finals against Tremont with half his face hanging off. Like, this dude has went gone really above and beyond for the CZW fans. There's definitely shows that he walked into and the RSP chants were fucking through the roof. Well, what they did to lead him into this, this thing is first off, they gave him that opportunity coin eight months ago and had him go. Yeah. Like (laughs) I, I I want the title shot in the cage of death. And even then I went, you mean fucking eight months from now? (laughs) Is he really (laughs) fucking like, why even mention it? Just let him hold the coin all year and then fucking pop up. You know what I mean? Like Right. Sure, sure, well, sure. Why well, go like, yeah, eight months from now, I really, really want a title shot. Well, I, don't, I don't know how bad you fucking want it. And then, um, so they have like a back and forth thing going where Gacy is, you know, wants the title from Strickland. He, they, they threaten Kid Osborne. We're going to kill Kid Osborne. Then they hit him with a shitty curb stomp. And that was him dying <laughs> later that week. The fucking rep dude almost killed him, for real. <laughs> but they had to backtrack and pretend like that was all Gacy. <laughs> like, yeah, we right. we fucking put him on the shelf. It's like not he actually didn't at all. <laughs> but uh, so so now RSP after Shane Strickland has to give Joe Gacy a title match because he was going to kill Kid Osborne. Gacy wins the title and RSP cashes in like a money in the bank, and now. Right he's your hero in cage of death. Well, all you had to do is let RSP put on an RSP caliber match like the month or two before that. And the fans would have been lit up for him being in cage of death, but instead they kind of let him just fucking 
slide in. You know what I mean? There was nothing that, that led him to that on fire. Like, he should have been right. fucking built up where the fans were rabid wanting to see fucking RSP in cages up. And, and they just completely yeah. flatlined on that and said, oh, he just, he just quick won that match with Larry Legend's help. It was like, what? Fuck. Right. And, yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's not that hard, man. You know, Gacy was the guy who was, you know, going to kind of like, you know, complain his way into the spot. You know, he was going to hijack shows and he he wanted his spot. And so, so there was only so much you were going to do with him as far as the fans wanting to see him in the match. So he was going to be the guy that was kind of odd man out that kind of like forced his way in the, in the spot. So I understand his spot and, you know, his position. He wasn't going to get a huge pop coming in. Um, his performance would, you know, would do that later. But, you know, and then Strickland, he was a guy who they gave the title to. They they put him up against Masada to kind of, like, prove that he was worthy of it. You know, he took the skewers, all sorts of shit. He was another guy that they really needed to make something big out of before Cage of Death to make people anticipate it. But, again, it was just nothing. No, I know what you mean. Um, the, you know, the ball got dropped in a lot of ways. And like you said, I mean, it just boils down to the fact that there was a failure to develop a, a solid story and solid characters to go into something that's such a caliber, like, of the caliber of Cage of Death. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and again, that, again, like, that's not to take away from RSP, Swerve, or Joe, because individually they're all very fucking good. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, RSP proved himself a lot. Joe, in my opinion... Uh, is and I've said this for a long fucking time. Joe Gacy is pound for pound the best fucking wrestler around. Like he's one of the best fucking wrestlers in the tri-state area. Period. Like for his build, for like you know the the, the size that he's carried for a lot of years. And I mean, and he looks in the best shape I've seen him in probably since I've known him. Like he's the best wrestler around. He can adapt to anybody's fucking style. He can go like he seemingly doesn't run out of gas um and and his character has always been pretty fucking solid you know what i mean sometimes it's hit or miss but for the most part like you know he's on point um and swerve you know he's one of those guys that like you said uh social media wise can kind of get on your nerves a little bit but he delivers you know he's another guy that delivers he he delivers Mm -hmm. on you know there's a reason he's on network you know television or you know Lucha Underground and things like that. Um, But, yeah, man, they they just didn't give you a reason to give a fuck about them and and these three really in the title picture. But, um, yeah. And, but, but, you know, overall. Yeah. um, Another thing I want to ask you about and what what your thoughts on was his entrance theme. I think it blows. um, He was coming out to Shaka Khan and the crowd was getting into it. And, uh, that was like, again, I'm big on these 80s tracks. You know, when they come out there, they got a good build. The fans have have fun with them. You know what I mean? Like those fucking 80s songs sure. come on and the fans just fucking get down. I mean, you go Daniel Bryan with Final Countdown. Like there, there's a lot of them that have really just drawn fans in. And I think the Shaka contract right. was doing it for him. Well, he went right. and he got one of those personalized tracks. And I think like these personalized tracks are, are like the cheap pop. You know, it's like going in and like, Hey, how about them Eagles? And like automatically they said Eagles. So the fucking fans go nuts. So I think as soon as these wrestlers get something with their name on it, they're just like, it's the best song ever. 
But if it was the best song right. ever, these fucking people would be making actual music instead of fucking indie wrestlers' theme songs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, sure. Or or it's something that like the crowd could chant along with, like in face swerve or you know. And I I I noticed it the second time I watched the match because I watched the cage again, and mm-hmm. uh, or I just tried to at least skip through it again before I talked to you, just so it was kind of fresh in my mind. But I, yeah. I noticed that too, and I was like. What the fuck is this bullshit? Like it just—it's not upbeat at all. Like not that it needs to be like upbeat, but it doesn't have any sort of emotion or feeling to it at all. It's kind of slow and quiet and like okay, this is just kind of lame, you know. I—I I don't know. I don't think it's good for him. I—I I understand mm-hmm. you if you want to have a song that says fucking swerve or whatever because that's your gimmick. That's fine, but just make it better than that song. That's all. It just wasn't very but- good. Um, Generally, whoever's making your theme song isn't as good as the fucking professional artist that you're using previous to it. I mean, they're not going to write you a hit <laughs> to play on the fucking indie. Right, right, right. I like, I do like Kid Osborne's music though. His is custom. He he does have some custom Kid Osborne music, and it's like okay, you know what I mean. Like, I think it's it's better than a lot of people's music. It's it's definitely very entrancey and rock heavy. It's got like a good says his name it's cool but uh i don't know if you heard that during the during the main event there no i didn't i um so yeah so so the main event starts it's fucking crazy um these these guys absolutely killed it for anyone who was doubting any one of these three um i don't think rsq was being doubted he's been the death matches before and you know he's, he's done crazy shit i don't think anyone doubted his ability but you know people went yeah i don't know about strickland in the main event and he went fucking ballistic. It looked like a lion yeah. attacked the back of him you know, after this oh, match. Oh, that was bad. That, I'll bet you yeah. that had to be from that fucking Russian mic sweep, right? Like, it had, had to, to be. be. from that. Had yeah. to be. Um, but you yeah, because he took that where uh, RSP get, pretty um, much. Oh, no, all I was going to say was uh, don't forget, like, Swerve, Swerve has done some shit. Like, he, he did that panes of glass with Devin Moore like a year ago, two years ago, whatever mm-hmm. that was. For, for the wired title. So, I mean, he earned his stripes a little bit in that regard, but, you know, the cage of death is a whole separate animal. Yeah, the match he did on Lucha Underground with AR Fox was fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't see it, but I heard I heard it was fucking insane. But, yeah, um, the Russian leg sweep, yeah, he it looked like RSP came down pretty much completely on top of him, so his back took the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was rough. That was bad news. But, um... Yeah, so, uh, you know, the, the only negative stuff that I could really say about this, you know, because I really think these guys absolutely killed it. I thought it was a great cage of death. I had no problems with the match, you know, standing up against other cage of deaths in the past. Um, sure. But, you know, Kid Osborne comes out. Um, he takes out Gacy's whole mid-card mafia with a Russian leg sweep off of the side of the cage. Like, I like, how many guys need to be taken out by one move with the smallest guy in the fucking building? <laughs> like, yeah, like it was kind of like, like bowling pins, you know what I mean? I didn't think about that like that. Uh, I, di- I didn't get that, that far along with the analysis of that particular thing. Uh, okay. j- just, just to kind of agree with what you were saying, I think all three of those guys did awesome. Um, yeah. Naturally, I say this all the time, but I'm always going to hold everything up against the cage of death that I was in. You know, I'm always, I'm always going to measure everything up against that. And 
in my mind, I don't think anybody's ever going to tell a better story than we told. I don't think anybody's ever going to emphasize the weapons the way that we did. I don't think anybody's going to ever uh, have, uh, you know, a build or a climax the way that we did. But that's all in my fucking head, and I know that. Um, yeah. I think that they, they, I think they did a great job. Uh, again, from the like the professional critical side of it, I thought that they kind of they went hardcore too quick. Like I, I, it was literally like 60 seconds in and somebody was bleeding, you know what I mean? Whereas I think you can still build to that. I get it. It's cage of death. You're surrounded by plunder. The crowd just wants everybody to bleed and fall off of shit. I understand that. But I think that as professionals, you can still build to that. You know what I mean? You could still mm. have maybe a lockup. Like there's no rule that doesn't mean you can't fucking start with a tie up still. You know what I mean? You can still lock up. You know what I mean? It's still a wrestling match. Um, but they they all did great, man. And and my only real criticism is that there was too many run ins and there was too much bullshit. Like there was just too much outside bullshit. Even though again, my my match had outside bullshit from the front, uh, that were yeah. ringside with me. Uh but again, that was all that there was. There was no other run-ins. There was just my stable that was with me. Um, I, you know, I think there was too much outside shenanigans. You had Osborne, you had Gangone, you had Joe's henchmen and shit. Uh, I, I think the match could have been better if they just made it about Joe Swerve and RSP. Yeah, and the Gangone thing, I great. don't get it. I don't think anyone gave a fuck about that dude. Um, like he pulled his mask off, and again. I, it, it could have been uh, what the fuck is his name uh, with um Nick Aldell. Austin that could have been Austin Idol, and, and I think it would have made the same fucking impact because they're they're like, all right, what the fuck is this? I mean, I, I don't I don't know what the significance of of that dude attacking Joe Gacy at the biggest show of the year is. I have no idea. Um. Well, I, I mean, it's just, again, it's it's shitty booking. I, I don't think, I like Gangone. Um, you know, I got a chance to get to know him a little bit, you know, over the last two, two three years of my career. Um, he's a good guy. He's a good worker. But like you said, I don't know if that was the time to pull the trigger with him. I, I don't know if that was the spot to introduce him. I don't know if that was the place or the time. Uh, but but I get that it was a means of getting Joe out of the match. It was a means of starting Gacy down another path for the next couple months or whatever it's going to be. You know what I mean? Like that'll that'll give Joe something to focus on that probably isn't the world title. You know? Um, yeah. So I get it. I get it in that regard. But again, uh, who who it was and the timing and the crowd and it it might not have been the best choice. Yeah, it seemed crazy. RSP goes over, he keeps the title. Um, and then you know, following following the match was the uh, the big invasion. And uh, I, yeah, I, heard... I, I mean, you, you probably know what what happened better than I do because obviously the the feed that I have and the the download that I have just goes to black as soon as RSP's getting out of the ring. So I I don't, I don't even know what happened. Right. Um. Well, they were all still in the ring when it when it did happen. Um, so uh, I, I don't know if they did some kind of edit on that, or because I saw the same thing, and you know they did their best to just fucking cut it. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Nick Gage and uh, you know, you know you, your creation, Brett Lauderdale, uh, <laughs> fucking 
came walking in the door. Yeah, yeah just blame blame this guy for every fucking thing that happened with this guy. You're so welcome. You, <laughs> I, at this point, you could probably take a little bit of credit because, you know, GCW is so over and the fans are loving that. You could, you know, fucking piggyback off yeah, of that no, and go, you know, let, without me, <laughs> none yeah, of this would have been possible. I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll let you know when I see a dime for the fucking that. You know what I mean? Like, you're welcome, everybody. Hey, professional wrestling uh, indie industry, you're fucking welcome. You're welcome for Brett Lauderdale. You're wel- you're welcome for Game Changer uh, Wrestling. Uh, <laughs> so when 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 you want to send your money, uh, it's uh, you can just send that right to my Facebook. Just DM me. I'll I'll give you my uh, PayPal account if you if you guys want to send me some money. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. So they came walking in the building, and uh, pretty much I, they got on the mic. Well, Gage got on the mic briefly, started to say that this fucking show is garbage, and uh, pretty much putting over GCW, saying, like, yeah, you want to uh, see some real shit? Come next week. Pretty much just running a live commercial for GCW directly following the main event. Um, uh, you know, a lot of fans thought it was just part of the show. Um you know, I've heard both sides of these things, and it's it's gotten to the point where I don't even want to hear about it anymore because you get two sides of things. People to just say it's a it's a complete work. It's it's definitely you know set up. GCW versus CZW is happening 100, percent and then you get the other side where people go, GCW is the most outlaw badass motherfuckers on the planet. They fucking no one's stopping them. They come in the side door and tell you what the fuck's going on, and. Uh, <laughs> And I've I've had enough of that fucking statement too. Um, Lauderdale actually wow. put out like a thing on an interview like a couple of days later, and and normally I don't take much stock in anything he says, but it sounded somewhat legitimate. And what he said was for months or a month or something along those lines, there was continuous talks of GCW CZW invasion angle. Um, sure. They were going to set up a bunch of people, Marcus Crane, a bunch of other GCW mainstays for the most part. And they were going to do right. a whole invasion that came to death. Apparently, DJ wanted it. Um, Sammy and crew didn't want it. Um, you know, the the booking team, as DJ calls it, uh, sure. weren't, weren't down for it. Um, so from what Brett said, it was more or less not formally – canceled but it was like where he saw dj at a show like the week before or two weeks before and said so are we doing this and dj's like no so he kind of just blew right. him off it was off the table but it was in like a real passive aggressive way where you know you're sitting down you're having talks about shit going on and then you just see someone and go hey so we're, we're doing the thing and he just kind of fucking blew him off so i wouldn't right. i'm not saying that like he misunderstood him and they thought they was still on, but there right. was talks about it. It wasn't. Um, so then supposedly what happened was uh, the Giancarlo kid, he calls up Gage and Lauderdale while they're setting the cage up and says, Hey, let's just do it anyway. Oh boy. And, and apparently that's, that's what happened. So my analogy for this is it's not, you know, it's not a Joe from the fucking Exxon station busting in the Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> saying, guess who wants some fucking stuffing? This is, you know, 
<laughs> this is a husband and wife talking to a family friend saying, hey, you know, we're going to do Thanksgiving. You want to come by and join the family? Maybe they have a disagreement. They stop talking about it. And, and you know, while the turkey's in the oven, their gay son calls calls him up and says, hey, why don't you just stop by? I know you ain't got nothing to do. We got plenty of food. So he comes oh, by and, and, you know, they kind of look like, hey, what are you doing here? You know, that's more what hey. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, the thing about rumors, man, is that like a lot of the times they're fucking true. Like a lot, a lot of the time you, when you hear a rumor, there's at least some substance or some substantial part of it that's true. And mm-hmm. I, I, I've heard, I've heard similar things to what you just said. Uh, I've heard, yeah. you know, I can't confirm or deny anything, but I, basically, I heard the same thing. Where yeah. there was there was talks about an invasion or working together. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure right now the, the the two the two wrestling schools are in the same goddamn industrial unit. Like they're they're right yeah. next to each other, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. Which is a fucking absurd. You know what I mean? It's absurd <laughs> yeah. that you know. Uh, <clears throat> so like I said, I, I heard there was talks about working together, and then they couldn't come to terms, and then shit hit the fan, and somebody made it happen anyway. So. Right. And, now, and now you have this, but let me tell you, man. Like, if you're DJ Hyde and 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 you're the company that to me looks like they're getting pissed on in in this mm-hmm. particular situation, like somebody is infringing on your territory, your training camp territory, and then somebody basically came and pissed and rained on your parade at the biggest fucking show of the year. Like it's it's equivalent to being a cuckold like bitch, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he might he might as well line up a bunch of dudes and let them fuck his wife, and and then him just sit in the corner and masturbate. Like that's what the <laughs> fuck that is. Like he's yeah. in the corner jerking off while a bunch of dudes rail his fucking old lady, and that's what the fuck's going on right now. But hey, I'm out of the fucking picture now. You know, if he wants to live his life like that. And knock yourself the fuck out. But I know that as soon as the fucking every thumbtack got swept up and all the light tube pieces were picked up, that fucking idiot was on a plane on his way to Disney. So fuck him. Yeah. He deserves, and, and that's he deserves everything. He deserves everything yeah. that happened to him. And the other, you know, funny statement amongst Brett Lauderdale's, uh, you know, statement or interview on the situation was that DJ told him, now, again, this is supposed to be a shoot. This is supposed to be some legit shit. DJ should be fucking furious on what just happened. He tells Brett, I'll call you when I'm back from Disney, which (laughs) kind of says, like, I'm not doing anything and we'll figure out if we can work this shit out and make it into something. That's what that says to me is like, you know. (laughs) <laughs> that, but, more or less, it's like we're good. I got other shit I care about, and that's fucking make, mouse how ears. How do you make it into something though? How, how do you make it into something when I don't know fifty percent, fifty percent of the CZW roster already works for DCW? Like, how do you make it into something, including Emil J? Like Emil, Joey, fucking Matt. Uh, like who else? Like there's a zillion people. Jimmy, fucking all these people. Work both fucking teams. So how are you gonna how are you gonna make this into anything? Why, yeah, why, would, why would why would Jimmy Lloyd bleed black and yellow more than he bleeds what you know GCW whatever whatever their fucking colors are? Uh, yeah. You know, and, and at what point is somebody gonna turn? And why wouldn't they turn? What 
is is one company giving out two hot dogs instead of instead of one? Like what the <laughs> yeah. fuck? Yeah. Like, I mean, I I don't think that GCW benefits much from this at all as far as like working with CCW because they already, they're already hot right now. Like the fans are getting exactly what they want out of GCW. So, you know, and the majority of the CCW fans are already going to GCW. So I don't think they gain much from that. I think CCW would gain from it because they'd get that ultra violence they were looking for and it could happen in the GCW ring. So it doesn't even need to be within CCW's building, whatever building they're running. You know, and, and as far as an invasion type of, you know, this company versus that, you're right. Half the locker room is in GCW's locker room, but you could start splitting them down the middle and saying, I'm with them. You know what I mean? Even though I work here, I'm with them. You know, Tremont, I'm a CZW guy. And, you know, now all of a sudden they're fighting within the company for, you know, so, I mean, there's a way to, to do it. But, I mean, we're talking about DJ Hyde. So chances are, when the booking team goes over it, it's going to be some nonsensical shit that makes CZW look terrible. Seems to be the way that goes. I mean, but, you know, as long as the important people are getting taken care of, that's really all that matters. And obviously that's a trend I've been noticing over, you know, the last couple of months and for a while in CZW is, you know, some people get taken care of. They're usually the friends of the booker and that's it. You know, that's how it goes. But that's pro wrestling, man. Like that's pro wrestling in a nutshell. Like the the friend, if you're tight with management, you get taken care of from the top yeah. to the bottom, man. From, from from WWE down to the fucking smallest shitty dog shit indie. If you're, if you're tight with management, you, your story matters. You know what I mean? Or you know, you get all the time, you get all the belts, you get all the emphasis, you get all the tweets, you get all the fucking everything. But I don't yeah. know. It's just gonna continue to be what it is, man. Like. More than anything, I've just noticed, like, wrestling now more than ever. Like, pro wrestling has always been a niche uh, form of entertainment and uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, a sport. And and now more than ever, that niche gets, like, smaller and smaller and smaller. And you can just see how, like, this, this fucking type of environment, this indie environment is dictating what's even happening now on the professional level in WWE. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like what, like what the indies have bred over the last decade has spilled into world wrestling entertainment. And I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing. I, I don't. I, I don't know if it's a good thing that WWE every day looks more and more like an indie promotion and has more and more indie wrestlers wrestling in indie style that at the end of the day, people can't do for a long time. You know, like there, there, right. there's no such thing as a longevity in WWE wrestling a style like Neville's or, or, or a Sami Zayn or, you know what I mean? There's no, mm-hmm. you can't be there for 15 years the way that guys used to be. If you're going to, if you're going to try to be Joey Janela every month and, and fucking murder yourself. You know what I mean? It it just there, there's no means to the end. But I digress. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, to that, yeah, they their schedule is crazy. I mean, beyond just being on TV every week, the dark matches, the house shows, all of that stuff. Like, there's sure. there's so much more. It's not working once a month for CZW doing a crazy bump and and this and that and maybe another sure. you know crazy fed here or there. And some shindies in between. This is like 
fucking packed houses every yeah. every show. Yeah, three four nights a week that you have to do a Topek on Hilo. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like four nights a, four nights a week, three nights a week that you got to take a fucking pop up power bomb or you know that top rope suplex or you know whatever whatever it is whatever it is. Yeah. You know, like the, the the demand is just too high now for for guys, and it's it just equals short careers. And I don't know, I just don't think it's really fair. Yeah. So now, what's your thoughts on all right the invasion thing? Now, you're a performer. What's what's your outlook or, or how, what's your feeling on it? If a guy walks into the fucking ring, says, "Hey, this everything that just happened is garbage," <laughs> and uh, fuck you guys come to our show instead like you're one of those three guys you're gacy you're rsp who won the match and is holding the belt or or you're strickland how do you feel about that uh i mean it it would have been tough to say in the moment what you do about it because i'm not the best at reacting in the moment uh in hindsight i mean now that we're talking about it it's well past the moment uh if that Again, I wasn't there. I don't know. I'm not on the inside anymore. I don't know anything. Uh, if if that was 100% a shoot and Nikki got in the ring and was shitting on the show, shitting on the main, shitting on everything, shitting on the company, um, if that was 100% a shoot, there should have been, a, a, I don't know, a good percentage of the locker room fucking him up in the ring. Like, the, under no circumstance. Like, if Brett and Nikki, again, I respect Nick Cage. I respect Nick Wilson, okay? Like, mm-hmm. I know him. He knows me. He's known me my whole career. We've had some decent matches together, yada, yada. Neither here nor there right now. Um, he Like, he should have got his ass fucking whooped. And if Brett Lauderdale was out there, Jesus Christ. I mean, he's not a wrestler. He's not a fighter. He's not anything, but... He right. should have got his ass kicked too. Like he should have got his fucking ass kicked. Like mm-hmm. this, this is what CCW, DJ, all the wrestlers work towards all year long. Cage of death. You know what I mean? And especially Ricky Shane Page, Shane Strickland, and fucking Joe Gacy. Um, I don't expect either of those three to to participate in the ass kicking because they they were legitimately destroyed. At that moment, yeah, physically, but I, I mean, I'm not going to name names, but people should have been out there. I mean, wh- how about CCW uh, security? Like, whether it's the students, whether it's Shawnee, whether it's whoever. Like, hey, uh, hey, guys, people are in the ring that aren't supposed to be in the ring. Get them. Like, it's like Nick Gage being in the ring in that moment was no different than some fucking fan with a, you know. Uh, a camera or a fucking water bottle or a fucking weapon. You know what I mean? Like, that was no different. Like, why wasn't anybody yeah. in the ring stopping that? Why wasn't anybody tackling him, getting him the fuck out of the ring? You know? If, again, this is all hindering on if this was not part of the show, which I have on good authority, it was not fucking part of the show. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I think a big part of it is DJ. You know, if DJ is supposed to be the leader and he's standing there and telling the guys like, "I don't know what to do, man," <laughs> then well, I think that you know, that like answers said, everyone's question. Yeah, man. Like I said, that's the fucking old that's the old jerk off in the corner watching his wife get railed. 
Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's 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 DJ Hyde for you. Just a cuckold asshole. Like, you were you were there. What's the, what is the outcome if that happens with John Zandig in the fucking building back in the day? Oh my god! Well, it just here's I can't say because it wouldn't have happened. You know what right. I mean? I can't. I don't even, think anyone. I can't even. I can't even uh, speculate as to what would have happened, but I can speculate and tell you it wouldn't fucking happen. Nobody right. would do that. Nobody would do that. Like remember years ago when ROH did that? It was booked. It was booked. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? When ROH did it in 04, 05, 06, whatever. That, I think it was like 05, 06. Like, it was yeah. booked when Aries and all those guys ran in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Daniel Finn. Or, an, and or the IWA angle. Right. It was booked. It was fucking booked. Right. And, and, then, and again, like we mentioned, this was half booked. This was kind of booked in the sense that they talked about it, but it wasn't booked. It was right. not on the run sheet. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It was, it was not like, okay, we're going to do it. So, no, it wasn't booked. But, you know, and the strange fucking thing is, too, is, you know, why, I mean, history would say it's a work just because any fucking invasion that's ever happened has been a work. Like, it's, it's not sure. something you just do. So, you know, my my gut reality was just like, it's got to be a fucking, what do you mean? It's, it's got to be a work. And then following the show, CZW puts it in their results on their fucking website. Nick Gage right. returned to the combat zone, but not in his usual combat zone colors. It was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, so and then, and they, then they like a day or two it. later, they pulled it down. Yeah, right. Yeah, then it's down. So I don't it's know. Like, like, again, dude, it's just it's just a failure to failure to manage you know what i mean it's just failure to manage your team it, it and i mean and like ultimately that's what happens when you 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 give authority to people that shouldn't have it like you know what i mean obviously dj high is not the one that runs the twitter he's not the one that runs the social media account because obviously it would be riddled with grammatical errors if, if he did <laughs> right. um but you know <laughs> so i i don't know like this when when you when you're a shitty manager and a shitty boss and a shitty president, this is the fucking shit that happens. And there's just no yeah. other way to put it. You know, this is the shit that happens when you suck. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, the Booker wasn't there because he's got better places to work. Do you think he sent out like an angry text following that invasion? Or no, no, <laughs> no. I mean, like he he probably you know he probably texted DJ or you know. He, he, I'm sure he contacted the people necessary and said, "What the fuck?" But uh, yeah. I, I, I don't. I, at the end of the day, I don't think he cares. I mean, and that's just me being honest because I don't care. So why would he care? You know what I mean? Right. Like if, I, if I don't give a fuck, why would he give a fuck? I, I mean, it, if that's not your bread and butter anymore, like if if that's not necessarily the thing that's paying your bills or you know, you got you got places like NJPW to work for. Who gives a fuck about CZW? It's just a place right. that you can say that you got the book. You know what I mean? I got the book there. So, you know, it's one more thing to sort of leverage and barter. You know what I mean? So, and, and that's not, and I, I, that came off really negative, and I don't want it to sound that way. But I'm just saying, me personally, I wouldn't fucking care either if I was Sammy. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, he's my buddy. Um, we're boys, and I wouldn't give a fuck either. I wouldn't give a fuck either. Yeah. yeah. I, I've but got, back in know, the he's, day, he's, he's good. 
old CZW. Um, you know, the, there's been a lot of, you know, differences pointed out and stuff like this. And one of the things I thought of is now more than ever, like there's more people that are booking in other companies or owning another company that are within the locker room of CZW where, you know, in the past, like way well in the past, it used to be the biggest place that the majority of the locker room worked. So, you know, you try to pull your best stuff. You try to get your most creative stuff on, on the table because that, you know, that was the, the place to be. Now, you know, if, if they have something creative, they're going to try to incorporate it into their little side business or their, their own company for the most part. Um, that, do you think that makes a big difference to what is being put up right now? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure what you mean, like, as far as. Well, you know, like, Sammy's got Pro Wrestling Revolver. Uh, that That's his thing. Um I mean, there, there's a couple people, you know, with their hands in, you know, the the, the Chris have the um, Rockstar Pro. Um, oh right, 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 right. So, so you know, so I mean, I guess like more more or less, you're saying that a lot of the people that work for CZW, it's it's not like they're numero uno, like it's not it's not like their top priority because they have other things that they're worried about, kind of thing. Is that right. what you mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it definitely is night and day compared to when I first started there in the early 2000s, um, it was back then an exclusive roster of like 25, 30 guys that like you didn't see everywhere else. So, Mm -hmm. so kind of like what you were saying, everybody would want to blow their wad at CZW. You know what I mean? Like they would want to show off all their best shit, have their best matches and, you know, like, tear it down at CZW because that was their, that was their bread and butter. I mean, whether it was paying their bills or not, it was like the most exciting place to be. It was the most exciting right. place to work. And it was where that family environment existed for them. You know what I mean? But no, it it is totally different now. Like you said, there's everybody, a lot of the major players at CZW have greater concerns than CZW. And that's, and right. that's okay. You know what I mean? I, I understand yeah. that. I understand that. But, I keep harping on this. Like it, it boils down to the fact that if that's who management and and the leader and the owner, whatever, wants to book, like that's what he wants to put forth, then that's what you're going to get. Like if mm-hmm. you want to, if you want to book all the talents uh, that that have bigger fish to fry, then that's what you're going to get. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I can only imagine that Jake and Dave's top priority now is TNA. You know what I mean? Sure. And and Sam and Sammy's top priority is. Uh, you know, whoever's paying him the most or where, or whatever he wants to do right now. Like, like if his mm-hmm. goal is to wrestle in Japan and wrestle for NJPW, that's what he's going to make a priority in his life because right. you know, every, that's what everybody should do. Um, you know, and uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of other people. I mean, I can't seem to think of anybody else, but, the, you know, just those are a couple, just to name a few, uh, mm-hmm. to kind of go along with what you were saying. But um, but I I guess all in all to 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 nip that in the bud or put a put a period on this I I, I agree with what you're saying I see what you're saying and it, it is a different environment than it was years ago. Yeah, because uh, when I first started going, you know, 2001. I mean, you had Trent and Johnny. You'd see him on you know uh, an indie show and they do some crazy chair spots and stuff and ladder spots rick blade was doing dives to the floor in front of 50 people on a family show you know just like crazy shit like ladder spots and 
and then you know you talk to them after the show and they're like dude if you think this is crazy go to czw wait till you see what the fuck we're gonna do and now you know you'll see guys at czw and they'll be like dude wait till you see what we do at game changer you know or you know it's, oh, right, it's not right, right 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 it's it's shifted you know where it's it's not the the top place where you're going to see those performances that there seems that you know sometimes you'll see a guy you know Tre- even tremont tremont's a guy who gives 100 percent, but you see tremont in iwa um or you see tremont in game changer you're seeing a whole nother level of matt tremont than you are in czw anymore is that so uh, okay yeah i mean yeah it's it's night and day yeah, man. I, I mean, I didn't realize that was the case. Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't really, I don't think I've ever seen a game changer show, uh, just because I don't know. I don't have access to it, and I'm not going to go after it. But um, right. No, I, I I didn't realize that was the case, and I mean that that's crazy to think that because uh, yeah. you know Matt Matt has always been a, a black and yellow guy, and even since before he was a wrestler. You know, he's always wanted to be a part yeah. of CZW and. I mean, again, that could boil down to him not being happy with what he's doing. That could boil down to the fact that maybe they're taking care of him a little bit more at GCW. Uh, sure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that. How to explain that? But um. Yeah, and it's not no, to it, say it, that he's it, taking it, it, it easy. Definitely goes, sure. No. No. Yeah. He definitely didn't. Like he he did a great job with Jimmy at Cage of Death. Like for sure. Right. You know, I don't I don't think he took it easy there by any means. Um. But. But yeah, I mean, I think it goes hand in hand with what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. But the, you know, the without taking it easy, having a good, you know, crazy little match with Jimmy. The next week, he he had like a 45 minute fucking death match with Nick Cage on the finals. Of it, you know, I, right? I mean that that's what I mean. Like it's not necessarily taking it easy, but you know, this is these are the two different things that are happening within a week's time. Sure. So. But, no, I know uh, what you mean. Yeah, man. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, you have anything else you want to touch on? Um, I, you know, the CCW uh, studios, they seem to be heading the same route as doing, um, you know, Nick Aldis versus uh, Tim Storm. They've highlighted that um, not only can you see CCW on CCW studios, I saw an ad that they said you can also see Ryback versus Joey Mercury right now on CZW Studios. I don't even know what the fuck company that happened in or why CZW fans would give a shit, but apparently that's that's a selling point. I Well, I mean, I'm not even going to touch on that because I, I, I can't. I don't even know what the fuck that means. But uh, <laughs> ever, ever since I noticed uh, the CZW Studios website adding – all sorts of other companies like and this has been for probably years now but now it's like crazy how much content is on there i get it like you're charging i guess what 10 bucks 9.99 or something like that mm-hmm. i understand you're charging the same amount as wwe for your network access and content so so you want to populate it with as much content and bullshit as possible so that you feel so people feel like they're getting their money's worth i understand mm-hmm. that 100 percent, but the the moment other companies' content started showing up on the on the studio's website, I just thought it was a mistake because you're not going to convince me or help me understand how it's good for your company to draw attention to other companies that you're right. in direct competition with. Like I'm not going to understand that. Sorry, like WWE is not going to put TNA shows on the fucking network. 
You know what I mean? They're not going right. to do it because it would be fucking retarded. So I don't know. I'm not going to ever really understand that. And nobody's going to convince me that that's a good idea. But I do understand if it's a case where fucking fat ass is getting bookings off of it. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. sure it's a case where fucking numb nuts is getting booked because he has their content on the studio website. I get it. I get it. But ultimately, yeah. I think it's pretty fucking stupid. Yeah. I don't know the inner workings or, you know, what the, the arrangement is or the contracts or this or that goes, but I think the dumbest thing that they have beyond even that is high spots gets the CZW shows on their network the same time the CZW puts them on their network. So if your content can't even be exclusive to your network, then I, I don't yeah. know why people would sign up for your shit ever. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty dumb, man. And, and this day and age, man, it's so easy to just produce content. Like, if if, if CZW wants to produce more content for their website, do shit like WWE does. You know what I mean? Have some exclusive content that you can't get anywhere else. Why don't you do your own? I mean, obviously it won't be as good and it doesn't have the budget, but do your own swerve type show like WWE had. Do your Do little mini documentaries. Do little reality bits where you follow a wrestler around for a couple of days. You know what I mean? Like, that, to me, that would be really fucking interesting. But again, you know, I'm just some fucking idiot. What do I know? You know what I mean? I think those are great ideas, but maybe I'm wrong. You know what I mean? I think there's ways mm-hmm. to produce combat zone wrestling-related content for the website that doesn't involve all these other promotions, you know? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Um, I said the same thing about promos, you know, in 2017 where everybody has a, a high-quality camera in their pocket, like a video camera right. that puts out crystal clear stuff. There's less promos now than ever. You know, 2001, VHS, every match had a promo. And now it's like, yeah, I don't know, every five, ten matches maybe. Yeah, and I, I attribute that to just basically there not being any kayfabe anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like kayfabe has gone down the shitter so much that, like, who's going to watch a, a two, two, three-minute video of me talking about how I'm going to kick somebody's ass when the crowd knows that they're my buddies and that and that we're just going to kiss in the fucking ring anyway? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's hard to get a crowd excited with a promo because – because of all the all the bullshit on social media, you know what I mean. It's it's hard for me to convince the crowd that I hate J Cat when they know we're buddies, because yeah. we're constantly taking gym selfies together and we're constantly, you know, tweeting at each other friendly shit and yada yada. You know what I mean? But it, so I, I'm mean, just saying that could be one of the reasons. That could be one yeah. reason. That's not the reason. It might be a reason. But as a fan, and I get that, you know, kayfabe's dead and everything else, but to me, I just, I I really wish that they would at least try to tip the scales in the other direction. Like, have a fucking fake Twitter argument the week of the show. You know what I mean? Become, like, fucking mad at the guy over some bullshit that week. Be like, you know what? We've been friends a long time. Fuck this guy. I've had enough of this shit. And then maybe the next week you fucking, you're over it and you're back to doing what you, but at least just before the show, just pretend you don't like the fucking guy. Like try to push in the other direction, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent, man. But it's just a, it's a lost concern and it's a lost art, man. It's it's unfortunate. Uh, And, and, and kind of like I was touching on earlier, we're just going to keep moving towards, 
Uh, we're going to keep moving towards a direction in wrestling where guys, whether you're over or not, whether you're popular or not, you're, you're ultimately just going to become fodder. Because at the end of the day, you know, somebody like Janela, who I like, I think he's good. I think he does too much. I think he's, but he, he's going to abbreviate his career pandering to the crowd, and it's a shame. You know what I mean? Well, like, whether, whether somebody like him ever gets a shot at the big time, maybe he will, maybe he won't. But I know for a fact that his time won't be as long because of the stupid shit that he does that doesn't make any sense for these fans, for these bookers, for these promotions, yada, yada, yada. It's, it's just a cyclical thing, you know what I mean, that I just kind of hope gets better. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, def- it's definitely changing the direction that I'm not so big of a fan of. But watching Cage of Death was like a chore to me. I was like, fuck, I got to watch this fucking show. Like, we, <laughs> we're going to talk about it. I have to watch this fucking show. I've never felt that right. way, man. I used to be so fucking hyped for Cage of Death. Like, I was hyped for Cage of Death before Drake was hyped for Cage of Death, but it's fucking, it's Cage of Death, man. Like, before he even showed up, I was fucking amped. Yeah, yeah. And, but, you know, like like I said, I think there was good things. I think that there was enough good things that, you know, I'm not going to chalk it up as a total loss, but uh, I think there's a lot of good, overall, like, in closing, there was a lot of good things on the show. The, it just needed to be shuffled. Like the, the deck just needed to be shuffled a lot better than it was. But there was there was a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I mean, just sense sense being made of some of the things that happened or a reason behind this. And I mean, some stuff. That whole NWA thing could have been cut off the show. No one was looking for that. Yeah, that was absurd. It was absurd. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, it was it was a great time doing this. Uh, Definitely want to continue to do this annually. So if Cage of Death exists <laughs> next year, we will certainly do this again. Absolutely, man. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. It's always fun. Uh, I love doing the Yakuza Kick Radio. I love talking to you, man. And, uh, ho- yeah, hopefully we'll do a third annual, man. Yeah. Awesome. I can't wait for the graphic, man. It's <laughs> just fucking hilarious. So, uh, yeah, it, plug all your uh, stuff, including your uh, photo wopped. Okay. Uh, well, if you're still interested in following Sozio on Twitter, it's Mr. Underscore Sozio. Uh, Facebook, I'm easy to find uh, if you want to break my balls. Uh, but more importantly, I started another Twitter for all the Photoshop fun that I do with Black G's and, and DJ and and everybody. A- anything and anything fun that I do where I clown people with Photoshop. Uh, you can you can you should follow Photo Wop on Twitter. P H uh, O-T-O-W-O-P-P-E-D Photo Wopped as in WAP as in the derogatory term for an Italian Photo Wopped uh, you know at, at Photo Wopped on Twitter so have fun with that because uh, I certainly have a lot of fun with it so hopefully <laughs> everybody else can enjoy yeah man good shit but uh, yeah like I said uh, it's always fun you know maybe we'll do some kind of in between now and then show figure some shit out yeah, absolutely, man. I'll be happy to talk to you, man. Awesome, man. Thanks again, man. Have a good night. Yep, have a good night, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. See ya. All right. Peace. So there you guys go. Our annual Cage of Death wrap-up review show, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's pretty much it. Check out the Hot Tag Podcast. They're doing their thing over there. I'm not sure if they got a guest this week or whatnot. I'm way behind on knowing what the fuck they're up to. 
Um, you know, possibly this this weekend I'll do a show with um with Shaheen. I'm not really sure, you know, Christmas weekend, all of this shit. We'll we'll find out what's going on. Um, I don't know. If not, definitely the following week. Um but yeah, check out the hot tag podcast and I'll talk to you motherfuckers later. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all y'all and uh shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you... Good. Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta yeah, say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Right. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Juicer Kiss Radio. Jesus! So say goodnight to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, Phil, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools.